All right, guys, we're live. <clears throat> Welcome to the Loose Head Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible people that own Kathleen Gum Australia. Um, so we were meant to record this podcast yesterday, but I had an emergency gum delivery for the Aussies sevens teams for the Con Games just before they head off. Um, so obviously I, had, obviously I had to do that, then headed straight up to Newcastle and, uh, you know, just got lost in the source up here. So for those listening, uh, this will probably be an audio-only episode. Uh, I'm sitting in a car overlooking beautiful Merriweather Beach, and I'm just using the audio in my iPad, so it might not be the usual pristine, high-production quality that our listeners have become used to. And more importantly than that, Jed Gillespie, how are you, sir? I just got out of bed. So this could go one of two ways. Um, Both good. Both good ways. Um, I'm all right. Yeah. Apologies for not getting it out earlier. Fucking shit happens. But here we are delivering absolute tip-top quality as per usual. Um, I have any number of things to discuss today. Any fucking number. So I've... I've uh, obviously, last week's episode went down an absolute treat, and um, easily, easily now our most downloaded episode. So, what we've done this week is put out some more questions to listeners, and um, a lot of people want to remain anonymous this week. So, actually, before we get into that, I just want to fucking talk about this "What Is a Woman" documentary that you've forced me oh, to watch. Oh, baby, time. did you watch it? I did watch it, and um, it's scary, firstly, isn't it? Firstly, it made me sad watching it. Yeah, it's scary. It's just to people out there, I was put onto it, made to watch it. I love documentaries. It's called What is a Woman? Um, I dare say it's just about to blow up. Um, It's a guy who's more of a conservative commentator, but he just travels the world looking for someone to tell him what a woman is, doctors, um, lecturers, um, all sorts of people. And it's... It's scary. It goes into the sort of sports stuff that we, we've touched on. And yeah, it's fucking, it's crazy. He, he can't get a straight answer, which is the most concerning thing for me. <clears throat> and it's almost like, like the, the, I, I, you had to laugh out loud when he went to Africa and started speaking to the tribe there. Uh, I mean, fuck, how great are those people? They just seem like absolutely characters. And it just seemed like the way that he presented it, obviously he had, he, you know, without, I agree with what he's done, but he he had an agenda going in on it, and mm-hmm. and it's probably the right agenda to have. But when you look at it, when you watch the documentary and you compare the Western world's reaction to this African tribe, you go, we've just got too many fucking things to to complain about here, and we're just bored, so we come up with things like this that shouldn't be an issue that other other communities cultures just don't even consider. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I'd recommend watching it. It's sad. I, I, the woman or the man or whatever that transitioned at the end who was saying that they wish they didn't do it and all the money involved in it. Um, yeah, that, that was – I was trying to think about whether it was actually sad. That bit was sad. Yeah, I, I, I think the whole thing's sad, really. And what about the bit where he goes – No, I think uh, it's scary. I, I what's, it, what's it when you um, – I, I can't remember the technical name for it, but where he goes – so there's this thing where people uh, in their heads believe that they should be without a limb. So you might be have two arms, but you go and request surgery to have one of your arms removed because you identify as having one limb and you feel more comfortable with one limb. 
what would you call that? And then the person who transitioned from a man to a woman, I can't fucking remember, said, oh, I would say that they're mentally, you know, they're a bit kooky and that they have mental problems. And then they just couldn't even compute that the two would actually. Um, yeah, they're correlated. <laughs> no, it's fucking, yeah, it's, it's anyway, it's a good doc. It's a fucking good documentary. It's Anyway, terrible. that's why people listen to this show to talk about like, you know, uh, transitioning documentaries and all that kind of shit. Um, should we just get straight into the questions, Jed Gillespie? Oh, uh, no, just uh, quickly. I mean, it would be remiss of me to not touch on um, last week's footy. Uh, another, I'm just going to do it in a breath, though. Fuck. Um, another sleepless week here. Um, and and some, some more crazy results. Um, uh, we had a... Yeah, we're in a tough run, man. So... We're we're uh, we're actually close to winning games, but we're just uh, we're just not quite there. So, um, you know, backed into a corner. I'm gonna fucking punch my way out. That's the that's just life. Um, now you're up with Hunter, which we've, yes. we we fucking spoken about before. Um, like you're helping Hunter out. Yes, I'm helping their forwards. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I don't know whether we need to clear this up, but like you didn't, you were not fired from South. Oh, I, yeah. All right. Um, yes. So we've, we obviously talked offline and it's, it's a, it's a hard thing. Like whether we like it or not, perception matters and how people look at you and how, like it's just the nature of coaching and probably any, any endeavor that involves other human beings, perception matters. So <clears throat> initially I was going to talk about it. Then I didn't want to talk about it because I just don't see that there's a way that you can come out looking good talking about it, no matter what you do. And, and to be honest, I just would rather like, all I, all I want to do Jed is teach eight humans to dominate eight other humans. And I think I'll be good at it one day, you know? Um, so just to clarify, I wasn't sacked. I wasn't fired. I wasn't retrenched. I wasn't moved on. I wasn't fucking any of those things that corporations use to say someone got fired. And um, the position changed from what I signed up for. And uh, in to me, it was no longer tenable. So I just moved on. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I, I, I sort of knew that a while ago, but rugby's a strange space, man. So Yes. I, I've had multiple people say, oh, they sacked you. I'm like... Uh, and, and I, you defend yourself, even if you defend yourself, you just sound terrible. So, because they're like, you know, in their heads, people make up their minds on no matter what you say. So, what's the point yeah, like, of you, doing it? So, just, just, yeah. I don't want to, I'm not going to talk about the whole situation because I just can't see a win for anyone there. Um, no, but, but also, I think it's important you, you help, you're helping out Hunter with that, with some of their Ford stuff. For the rest of the season, they're the only they only team that weren't going to play South again. Well, that, yeah, that's right. That was part of the thing. Like I said that to him, I go, "Oh, you're not playing South again." Um, and if they were playing South again, I wouldn't have done it. So, yep, righto. And, and I'm glad they're not playing South again because I'm having a great time, and, and you know, they're great blokes. I'm learning a lot and um, having the time of my life, man. So, yeah, sweet. Now you can fucking now you can annoy me. There you go. Yeah. Well, yes, yes. So I don't think that came across too bad. No, it's fucking fine. You know who knows? Okay, 
Question for Jed. The Ken Catchpole medal definitely hasn't turned into a charity medal awarded to the best player in the worst team in the competition. The player that wins is definitely the best player in the shoot no, shield. It's, it's, it's fucking, yeah, it's a complete waste of time with Ken Catchpole. I, it always goes to a captain, a seven, or a kicker. And the way it works, for those who don't know, is it's awarded by referees. That's not the referee's fault. But if you're in a team where there's not many good players, obviously one player is going to get them more. So what you've seen in the last sort of five, six years in particular is nowhere near the best player winning it. So it's just, a, I'd take it with a fucking grain of salt. There was a time when it was pretty impressive to win, I think, but it needs to be voted by journalists or something. It's fucking stupid. I reckon coaches should probably vote on it from the other team. So like you would vote on it against Hunter and go, that was their best player. That was their best player. That's it's fucking, it's, it's, it's the most pointless award in support. It's up there with, what's another pointless award? I'm not sure, but it's fucking pointless. The golden boot, it's soccer. <laughs> no, that's, that's not pointless. Go on. Okay, that was a good answer. I, I would agree with you there. Okay, question. Teachers should strike more often. They're underpaid and overworked and deserve their fair share. Some, some, some even have to mark assignments outside of school hours. It's just not fair. Now, I should clarify that I didn't write that question. I am married to a teacher, but I, uh, you know, I've, heard all these, I've heard all these arguments before. But look, that's I'm kidding. That's, that's very funny. Um, I think they are. I think they, I don't know if striking is right, but the, I think, I think teachers should be different. I think the teaching setup should be different. I don't know. I, I really liked, I was a fucking very difficult student, but I really liked my teachers who were fucking smart and good and no, like you're going to get in any job, you're going to get some really crap teachers and you get some really good teachers, but I don't know. I think I think it should be subsidised a little bit heavier, uh, heavier, heavier, so that more people aren't falling back on it and people are actually aspiring to be it. I think it's it's a fucking important job. But I I don't know. Um, I certainly have friends who are teachers who I give lots of shit to about when they're like, "Oh man, I'm busy." I'm like, "Oh yeah, DVD player jammed. You jammed up there? Can you can't download Netflix or what's going on?" But well, I I. Oh yeah, I I don't I actually think it's I think they need to flip it around somehow, where people aren't falling back into it and they're actually they've got to sort of aim aim a little bit higher to get there. Let's just be honest; it's glorified babysitting, um, and you know it's a very easy job and there's a low barrier to entry. So hopefully Kate doesn't listen to this, but yeah. But anyway, anyway let's move on. That was a good yeah, answer. No, I, I'd, I'd like that. should be subsidised more so that. Yeah, like I, I want, I want that higher. Just like, just like the police, like it, it shouldn't be like fucking. Oh, you know, I got seventy. What am I going to do? It should be like I need, the, I need to do this. I need to study hard so I can, you know, be a cop or a police or a teacher. Hundred percent. Interesting during uh, the COVID era how many um essential workers were the perceived low-paid jobs and not the, the high-paid jobs so maybe that's a cultural thing that we need to work on when we eventually take over the world mr gillespie okay this please keep me anonymous uh but i can tell you privately who they're from has jed reached out to his favorite high school rugby coach 
David Eidstein for his mentorship along his coaching journey. You can't say keep me anonymous and then <laughs> fucking drop someone else's name in there. So I'm not going to repeat that. Um, no, I have not. <laughs> people are fuck, people are fuckwits. They truly are. Um, no, I haven't reached out to my high school coach along my along my coaching journey. Um, but you know what? With the way things are heading, I'm sure that he'll reach out to me at some point along with everyone else on the planet. So fuck it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Whoever that is, go fuck yourself. Okay, two-part question. Uh, uh, was Jeremy Tills unfairly prejudiced uh, and just far more super caps than he got? <laughs> we shouldn't really be saying this because Jeremy Tills is a lovely human being. Bro, he's the nicest fucking dude. <laughs> he's such a good dude. What the fuck sort of question is this? Who, 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 what's wrong with these people? He wasn't unfairly prejudiced. He, 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 look, he was, I think he was at the Tars for like eight or nine years. He was there for a long time. And at, he coming out of school, he was like a, he was a superstar in a way. Like I remember watching him play school boys in like, he's a big fucking strapping unit. And from what I heard, he was honestly like, this is, I'm not trying to just fucking give a political answer. He was actually very, very, very well liked. I met him once or twice. He was a fucking lovely dude. He didn't play a lot of he didn't play a lot of football. But he He's was a- he was very, very well liked. And I keep fucking telling people that's important. I I hope this story's true, but I've been told this about Tilsey that he was walking along the beach in Newcastle and he's seen something on the ground. And I, I don't know the technical name for it because I'm basically, uh, you know, I didn't go that much into it, but someone did tell me. And it's it was like calcified whale semen, which yeah, apparently, is, apparently is a key ingredient, key ingredient in perfume. Yes. So he, did, he grabbed it, looked into it a little bit, contacted one of the big perfume companies in France who got on a plane, came out to see him and bought a bunch of euros and Made a, made a bunch of money, which is that true? Because that's an amazing story if that's true. Yeah, that's true. That's a true story. I've heard that. Um, Rebuilt a Chinese junk. So he bought a Chinese junk, which is a yeah. boat for the uncultured people who from Eastwood who are listening to this. And he, he rebuilt He rebuilt it. And uh, so he's done some cool stuff. No, and he's got look, he, some he, good stories from what I'm he, told. Yeah, he, look, he was on contract with Tice for a, very, for a fucking long time. But it, it to more than anything, it shows that if you're a fucking hard trainer and hard work, you stick around. So I bet that didn't go the way that whoever the fuck asked that wanted it to go. But that's actually the truth of the matter. Yeah, this is a great. This is a great. This is a couple of questions here. So one of the highlights for me on the weekend, apart from beating Manly, was sitting in the coaching area, and um, there was someone smoking, let's say cannabis. Um, within the, the vicinity. And I'm not going to say who it was because I want to protect the innocent as I'm not sure listening to the show is probably good for anyone's reputation, but they might've gone, turned around and gone, is Jed Gillespie here? Oh, cool. so, <laughs> so was that really you smoking your joint on the hill at Manly on Saturday? Manly Oval? Yes. Oh, the Bohemians down there on the way to Wharf Bar fucking swinging to watch a game. 
That didn't go the way you planned, did it? Fuck with. Two-part question. So, okay. Oh, you know what? I'm just going to say his name. So, Bubba has a thing where he goes, to judge the quality of a person, you go, are you a two- Exchange person. Hello. Yeah, lost. Hello. Go, go again. Oh, Manny tried to ring me. Let's. Just, oh, I'm gonna have to edit this now. Fuck. We're, we're not gonna edit it. We're just gonna put it out. If you missed that ten seconds, that was Rob James trying to call me. Um. So, are you a two a.m. go to the exchange? kind of guy after a game or are you an 8pm go home kind of guy what's the exchange is that a pub it's a great bar in Newcastle would I get stabbed there by any chance uh, I've only been there once probably not um, after a game I'm a fuck realistically I'm, oh this is going to be fucking awful because Bubba's going to think I'm a fucking loser but I'm I, I go home because I've got shit to do but if I was if I was playing or yeah if I was in Newcastle I'd probably go out <laughs> if that changes the story but I'm no I don't just go to the pub till 2am on every Saturday, Saturday I go home and fucking look at huddle because my I'm a fucking loser there we go. There's our clickbait for this episode. Okay. Do you stand with Brittany Griner? No, I fucking hate Brittany Griner. I hate Can her. Can you explain, explain what's going on there? She's the WNBA star who got detained in Russia for having cannabis or drug-related paraphernalia um, while she was over there to play, like, professional sport. Um she was a big proponent of kneeling for the flag, hating America, fuck America. And now she's in prison in Russia for a very legitimate purpose. It's not like she just got pulled off a bus for being American. She had drugs. Like, it's very, like, if we go to Bali, if you guys go to Bali, all your fucking low life friends, Chubby, or the one thing they can't do is take drugs to Bali. They can take drugs anywhere they want in, in the Shire, which I'm sure they do. You always tell me they do. Um, but they just can't take it to Bali because every Australian knows you do it in Bali, you end up, bad things happen. This this chick's done it in Russia. Now, every like I've, I've had to unfollow ESPN. They are the most virtue signaling fucking woke organization on the planet. But every everything is about Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner. She, eventually, yes, she'll come back to America. But like, she hates America. So the irony is it's a beautiful irony because like for the last two years she's been on a platform where she can fucking make a lot of money and say whatever the fuck she wants and she's just dogged on america now she's in a prison in russia so how's america looking now america's got its problems but it's like people bitching about australia it's like last week we were talking about it you end up if you ended up in like a prison in fucking middle africa somewhere you'd be like you know what australia's pretty good Get me back there. So Brittany Griner can't stand her and hope her... Oh, eventually she'll get out of prison there, but like I fucking cannot stand it. I don't want to see one more thing about it. That was a great question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't stand with it. 
Okay, thoughts on North three Colts forfeiting against West Harbour three Colts. Can I answer that for you? Yeah, I have five thoughts, but go on. Uh, who gives a fuck? Like maybe it was COVID, maybe it was flu, maybe it was injuries, maybe you know that time of the year, maybe the people are away for school holidays. You know, oh, I think it's more complex than thoughts on North three Colts forfeiting against West Harbour Colts. You know, and let's take it a step further. I think because one team forfeited. Both teams should be kicked out of the shoot shield, um, particularly Norse. You know, any forfeits, their first grade should be made to suffer. So um, I think that for the rest of the year, Norse cannot make the finals. Wait, if you forfeit, you... <laughs> no. In first grade. Their third grade, first... Colts, their first grade. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's not the biggest deal, but uh, it's kind of indicative of what's going on at the moment. I think. I think honestly, I reckon teams, if if you sort of spotlighted teams, so many teams would have scratched together a team at the last minute this year to to Mate, just re- to get on the field. This time of the year, fucking oath. I reckon first grade, second grade, first colds. Every other team should be optional. If you if Eastwood like with all your money and pull and sway and. You know, obviously the connections with the eastern suburbs schools and all the private schools and all the country schools, you know, all the money East would have. Just if you can get a second grade and a third grade Colts and another team has its second and third grade Colts, play the competition, play the game. But I don't think the I don't think the club should be obligated. Well, Mr. Fucking High Horse on your high horse up there in Newcastle, how about you fucking remember the fact that we have to roll out four grades and three Colts? I know, but I don't think you should have to. Well, you don't have to, High Horse. Old fucking Captain High Horse with your three teams. Everyone else has to roll out seven. Well, this is the, like, I, I actually asked the question about that. And the argument is this. Just say you're, uh, you know, Eastern Suburbs guy with the butlers and the drivers and stuff like that. If you're a bloke that has to play fourth grade against Hunter, which is a couple of hours away, you know, probably an hour and a half from West Ride or wherever you live, you're going to have to get up pretty fucking early in the morning to go and get a 10-20 game. And vice versa, like if the South boys are traveling up, they, to get there for like 9 a.m., they're going to have to leave at like 5 a.m. Yeah, that's fine. It's just they've got to put everyone on the same fucking stage. You lose something when you lose your lower grades. Yeah. You're going to lose, you're going to lose something. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. No, that, I, I, I agree most totally, logical but, way, you're going to lose but something. The, but if like the if you're trying to increase the standard of the competition, which is what they claim. You know, it makes sense to me. But anyway, agree to disagree. So in summary, North should not be allowed to compete in the first grade for the rest of the year. Is that No, they should, probably, they should be removed from the comp and yes. their license removed and uh, all their players put publicly on trial. That's right. And um, you're very welcome, Matt uh, Hunter. Okay, why so many fair weather rugby supporter? Supporters, e.g., those shit canning woods and wallabies. Great question. Oh, there's always there's always fair weather wallaby supporters. That's just the way that's the way wallabies works. You got to win to get supporters, and then if you lose, everyone hates you. It's sort of the nature of the world. Um, I don't know if we Eastwood has fucking fair weather supporters. Traditionally, we have like a really nice base of supporters actually, but you sort of like yeah. Like most clubs, like you know, you you've been supporting them since you were young. So, like, win, lose, or draw, you're still going to be there the next week. It's people like old mate from last week you float in fucking two years ago. Like they're they're your fair weather guys, but 
I think I think the Wallaby. I also think it was not cool to support the Wallabies for a little while. There, it became like it, it was. It was more cool to when the Tars were getting fucking hammered and the Wallabies weren't very good. It was more cool to support the Shoot Shield, and that's what I think actually gave rise to the Shoot Shield sort of again during that sort of post Norths winning the comp era. Very uh, totally. Yeah, there was. It was very cool to go to the games then. It was cool not to like the Tars. Um, it was cool not to like the Wallabies, whereas now, I don't know, people float in now. Just the nature of people. People suck. People like winning, bro. People like winning. Um, that's a great question. Are the All Blacks trash or is Ireland the best team in the world? That's a fucking good question. See, here's the thing. I write off the whole second test because you sent off a guy for fucking nothing which is exactly what happens. Seemingly every time someone plays a test series in New Zealand, worth its grain in salt, are terrible decisions made. So those two guys have a head clash. The whole second test is a write-off. It goes it goes down to the wire and Ireland win that test. So I have that series as one-all. I don't think that you can say Ireland are the best team in the world. I still think... I think they're up there, but I think you've probably got to beat France and South Africa to really make a claim of that. In my opinion, I, I watched the third Springbok test. Yeah, I love watching them play. They're very good. Look, I, I, honestly though, like if you look, if you look at that test match, it's like that. It's like that guy when Australia played Italy last year or the year before, who actually absolutely catted that thing, and Mariki got red carded. Like Angus Tarver having a head clash with that. It's it's honestly fucking unavoidable, and he got red carded. So that whole test is a write off. The fact they lost, it is a write off. So. That test is one all. Ireland are a good side. New Zealand are always a fucking good side. If you played every single week of the year, New Zealand would win comfortable. Yep. How many schooners is acceptable every weekend? That's from a Mr. James. Ah. Is this from you? No, no. I answered it. We're going to have very different answers for this. Uh, Should I give you the, like, yeah, I, I think it depends. So I, I got a, I have a theory which I don't really stick to. Is that one of the, the vapes you're trying up? I have a theory that I don't really stick to. Um, is that if you're going to drink, it needs to enrich your life. So with good friends, you know, good sit, a good setting, good social, celebrating a win, those kind of things. So I'm going to say maybe a thousand schooners is. Acceptable. I reckon you, you. I reckon you might be quite liberal on that because I reckon you might go. You know what? Lack of friends. Please. Let's have one commiserating let's have one so um i'm going to call that that is probably the least followed rule of your whole life um how many screeners for a weekend if you think about it logically i don't know i'll i don't how many screeners does a man drink i'm i'm a bigger man so like if i was gonna have screeners i'd probably have 10 but if you i'm gonna say i'm gonna say you can have 10 screeners in the weekend we Ooh, okay. Well, let's agree to disagree. I think the only, <laughs> I think the only dangerous amount of schooners is none. And um, you know, you're not here for a long time. Here for a good time. I, oh, I should have asked you about this before. Thoughts on spectator behaviour at Australia versus England? Oh, I've got Eddie, this. Eddie and climbing. It's almost like a game now in this podcast because I have things I've written down, and it's only if people can fucking get to them before me. So, well done to whoever got this, or if it's you. I think it's I think it's one hundred percent play on from start to finish. 
So you've got a coward in the crowd because the guy acted like a fucking coward who's like, you're a traitor, Eddie. Eddie fucking comes over to him. He's like, what'd you say? Eddie's a fucking five foot nothing little bitch. The guy should have gone, you're a fucking traitor. I said what I said, fuck you. And that's the end of it. And Eddie goes, fuck you. We just beat you. And I'm paid a fortune. So what the fact the guy got banned for life from the, I think from that, at least that ground, like that is ridiculous. Just let it happen. If you want to heckle crowd, if you want to heckle fans and players and stuff, like that's fine. But if they turn around and go, hey, fuck you, fat bitch, like you got to deal with it. So like, I think the whole thing was blown fucking majorly out. Firstly, the guy, embarrassing video for him. So he's a complete beater, but it should just be play on. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Am I, I am I crazy? Think that if you are an, no, I don't think so. Um, I'd like to encourage all our listeners to please go and confront anyone that coaches at Eastwood. Um, you can see. Here's the thing: you can do that. Like people at the Rats game fucking wanted to do that. That's fine. But I'm gonna fucking tell you how I feel about it. So like, I'm not like people don't exist in a in a glass cage of like, and also it's just it's what humans are. Like if you come and fucking Tell someone to fuck off. I'm going to tell you to fuck off. That's how that's how the world works. I got a couple of really good questions that are going to make you fucking lose the plot. <laughs> okay, when is the Jed Gillespie THC vape available for purchase? That's question one. And question two is thoughts on Leah Thomas being nominated for Woman of the Year. Well done. I'm not, I'm ignoring the first one because I don't do TA2, but Leah Tyler, it's fucking most ridiculous thing of all. It's actually unbelievable to women, right? So because over the last five years, two trans men in their first year of being a woman have been nominated. Well, one won it. Caitlin Jenner was woman of the year and in his for, for her, his it first fucking year as a woman. First one. Then you got women out there running for fifty. And are actually, you saying? Are you saying that men are better at being women than women are better at being? Women? Is that what you're <laughs> no, saying? That's what. That's what the world's saying. See, a dude's been a woman for fucking nine months, and you go, you know what? You're woman of the year. What about the woman who just fucking cured some sort of cancer? Who's been a woman for sixty years? This guy's been a woman for fucking a cup of coffee and wins woman of the year. Leah Thomas has been a woman, and I say woman fucking very loosely when I say woman, has been a woman for fucking a cup, another cup of coffee and is up for woman of the year. It is the most virtue signaling fucking bullshit I've ever heard. Like, I think by the end of this year, like this whole sort of fucking trans men, women, kids, identifying as butterflies thing, it's not going to float in sport anymore. It's just not going to happen. I um that I got to give myself a rap for that question. That was a great question from me. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, another question from me. Does your team losing make you a bad coach? I don't know. Is the answer? <laughs> What's? I mean, the reality is, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there, there's an element where you you don't you don't know. I mean, from uh, 
from an outsiding perspective and from a pure responsibility perspective, the answer is yes. Because what whatever you did, you couldn't get it right for those 15 guys or 23 guys to win a game. So I don't know is the answer. I, I mean, I, I don't, I hope I'm not, I don't think I am, but in the end of the day, you got to show whatever happens with your team. As you know, you got to shoulder the fucking, you got to shoulder the responsibility. So at the moment, shouldering that responsibility, it's fucking, it's fucking very hard, very, very stressful. I've, I, I, this is, uh, playing has got nothing on this. Playing is, playing is a walk in the park. I agree. You can, once you've played, whether you win or loss, you've had that release, so you can fucking switch off for a few days. But uh, coaching, you don't get to switch off. And it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, I've won a premiership, and I won't say at what club, but the coaches were two of the worst coaches I've ever had. Um, so does your team winning make them good coaches? I don't I don't believe so. And I don't believe that the opposite's true either. I think, but you're right. It is fundamentally your responsibility. But I've also got a theory. I think some people have positions that they are suited for. And sometimes, like, look at, uh, you know, well-known super rugby team over the last couple of years. I think potentially the, the person running that, or the people, let's say people, were probably not suited for those roles, but that doesn't necessarily make them bad coaches. Does that make sense? Like they might be a great skills coach or an assistant or a technical guy or whatever, but maybe being a head coach isn't what they're supposed to be doing, but that doesn't make them a bad coach. No, I've had heaps of guys. I mean? I've, had, I've had lots of coaches who were not good head coaches because head being head coaches got so many different moving parts. Um, I don't want to be that, and I, I, I'm not that. But I've had lots of guys like that in my tenure who were head coaches, and they, they were bad. They weren't good head coaches. Didn't mean they were bad coaches. You could see that they were brilliant at certain aspects of the game, very, very smart. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a funny one. Like, I, 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 I guess the answer is yes, because if you can't get your team to – if the team doesn't win, um, ultimately that's what you measure from. That's how we yeah. measure success. It's, I mean, in a, if you're winning, then you can measure it in like play development, people going places, and like stuff like that. But if if you can't win, then yeah, you I suppose you are a bad coach. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. Obviously, you know, we've had kind of corresponding seasons. Like I lost a lot of footy at the start of the year. Now I'm in a team that's that's winning some games, and I don't think I've changed. I, it's just an interesting, interesting. I was interested in your perspective, and I think we got a good answer there. Mm. And you, you, you didn't erupt, which is which is good. Okay, this is a good one. Smiling and laughing while shaking hands with the opposition yeah, after a loss. No, yes or no? This is fucked. So, if you, like particularly at, at any level, I actually thought about this one because you fucking baited me with it earlier. At any level above. Subbies. No, fuck that. Subbies have supporters. At any level above a charity game, there's someone there who's invested in that game emotionally. Whether it's a guy and his baby or a dog and a fucking a five-year-old, it doesn't matter. But at Shoot Shield, there's a couple thousand people, whether watching or not watching, who are invested in that game and want you to win that game. This is besides from the team and your coach and stuff like that. There's nothing worse, I think, and this goes to NRL, goes to Super Rugby, then like a team losing poorly, and then 
the game blows and it's just giggles, smiles, photos, fucking all that shit. There's nothing worse. Now, I, again, there's you walk through the line, you might like when I used to play you, we've maybe we've lost poorly. I see Chubby, I, you know, I, I crack a smile, give him well done. But that's not just, you don't giggle around, fuck around, having a good time. You know, you, even if you don't give a shit, you've got to pretend you give a shit because there's thousands of people who actually do give a shit. So I think it's one of the worst looks you can have. Um, I don't know how it would be perceived from your teammates and your coaches and whatnot, but like from just from stakeholders of, of just be, uh, just pretend you give a shit for 10 seconds um, until you're off, until you're out of their view, because like people have paid to come watch you play. They fucking love the club. And the last thing they want to see after losing is, is you just sort of fucking joking. Around. And you see it all the time in super rugby. I remember we've spoken about this before, but like you might see your mates from the reds and whatever, like, yeah, just, just fucking pretend you care just for a second. I, it was pleasing to see how disappointed the Wallabies were after the third test. Like they looked genuine and sounded genuinely gutted, um, which probably hasn't always been the case for the last few years. So look, it's a good sign. I don't think you're playing for Australia unless you give a fuck because you wouldn't have the mental ability to get there. I think it's too hard if you don't care. Well, they got so close that like, they could taste it. But I've just seen too many times at the end of a Super Rugby game, like the, the hooter blows and one of the teams just absolutely sucked. And then it's just like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like smiles, photos with fucking your but mates. You think, can, I, can I push you on that? Do you think that some people get to that level and go, I'm just happy to be here? And no, I, that tends to be those people. And then there are people like your Michael Hoopers, your Holloways of this world who are trying to squeeze the most out of their potential and to push themselves to be the best they can be. And, and it's, that tends to be the difference. I actually don't think, I think there's a large element of those guys who don't, not those guys you just mentioned, but particularly in the professional world, they don't care how, how the game went. They care how they went. Because if, you know, you're playing for a job, you're playing for money, you're playing for a spot next week. If you had five decent involvements and your team got fucking thumped, you're not going to be that pissed off, realistically. Mm. Because your but job, I think, but I think they're the people that are happy to be there. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. They're, they're happy yeah. to be there, but they're, they're they're looking for, and you have to to an extent, and that's why it's so hard to create a culture like a, the culture that's been created at the Tars this year, which is fucking kudos. But you got to convince everyone to buy into something that they actually give a shit about, because at other franchises, like. A guy might come off the bench and play 30 minutes. He's like, yeah, I am happy to be here, like you said. And also, yeah, this was like my fourth cap. That's good. I get my fucking bonus. You know, I needed to get on the field. He's injured. Um, I didn't get injured. I had that one really good line break. I'm fucking happy. Yeah. that's That happens so much. So much. That's a good question. Why is the Northern Hemisphere style of play better than the Southern Hemisphere? It's another good question. It is a good question. It's fucking boring as shit, and it's crept into the shoot shield. It has. If I had my time again, I might. I, I might. I probably restructure the, the whole, like 
a lot of what I do I did this year because you you just but having a fucking phenomenal running game, it needs to be literally ten out of ten to beat the dreary, boring play that is at the moment. I can't see how they you get around it. So you you, you someone kicks off to you, your box kick back, then you just defend until they kick back, then you kick back, and then it comes down to winning territory and trying to milk penalties to then more. That is the game. That is literally the whole game. It's a very simple game, um, but it's hard to do because you need to have a very good more. You need to have good kickers. You need to have a good kick chaser. But like that's the way to win games. So there's stats coming out of shoot shield at the moment where like if you kick under 40 times a game, you lose. I think we talked about this. I think I, we did yeah. talk about it. Yeah. So if you kick yeah. under 40, I don't, I don't know what, I do not know whether it's just the way the rules have manifested in the last couple of years, whether there's more penalties in the modern era. Um, but it's the most efficient style of play from the Northern Hemisphere, and it's very fucking hard to combat. So it's it's it, it's I don't know why it's the best. It's certainly awful to watch. It's fucking awful football. I mean, Hunter played Eastwood the other week, and it was that that was it. Like there would have been a hundred kicks. There would have been one hundred and thirty kicks in that game. Admittedly, wet weather, lots of scrums, barely anyone ran the ball. Um, but that was the game. And that's going to be the game this weekend. If you look at all the top teams in the shoot shield, that's exactly how they're going to play. So I don't know how to break the mold on that. Unless you literally have five semi-rajrajas, I don't know how to break the mold on that because it's the most it's the most efficient. It really is. Did you, putting, putting back to the Wallaby, the third Wallaby test, it's interesting to see some of the attack stuff the Wallabies are trying to do. Like, I think... I can't remember who scored that first phase try, but there's a lot of ball movement. There's a lot of – there seems to be – and this is coming from someone that never touched a rugby ball in his whole career. Lots of layering and attack. And it looks like they're genuinely trying to throw the ball around and play – like you can see what they're trying to do. and They may not be there yet, but there's a genuine intent. And I don't know whether that's good or bad. Do, do you know – can you see what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Well, I like I watched a few games last week, and like, yeah, I know what you're saying. So, like, you can always have a crack first phase. Your first phase starter, like, let's have a crack. So they scored a really nice first phase try from having a go, and like most teams will continue to have a go first phase. Some of the English teams or some of the like will not have a go first phase. You just hit someone up and then get into position. Um, I think like all the Southern Hemisphere teams on average will continue to have at least one crack every now and again. But then you get into positions where you overcrack. Like I watched the Rats last week. The Rats were good, t- good football team, really good. But they played way too much rugby against Sydney Uni. They just play too much. And like teams just drain you with their defense. So every time you go over four phases in your own half, you're basically just burning energy in this new, in, the, in this new plan. Um, it's 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 imperative at the moment that if you're going to win, you you fucking can't play in your own heart at all. So uh, it's really non-conducive to sports fans. It's not conducive to watching. Um, I don't know if it's conducive to playing because, like, if you're a good ball runner or something like that, you're probably going to get taken out of the game 
at the moment. Um, but it's the way to, it's the way you win. Like, it's just, it's not, there's no lying about it. There's just like you, what you watch Sydney uni, they will literally stray from the kickoff box. Then they'll get in a kick battle. They'll win the kick battle. Then they'll, once they get in the half, they just hold the ball. So they don't fuck like playing expansive, like out wide. They'll just hold the ball, go left, right, left, right, left, right, wait for a penalty, kick the corner, more, try. That's it. That's the game. It's, it's fucking amazing. Beautiful, isn't it? No. I love malls. Malls are great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that was a good question to Leslie Malonga. You fucking legend. Yeah, he's a good guy. Great, great fella. Probably shouldn't have named him. Um, why put Suvivalu on for the last two minutes of the test? They need to cap him. answer but yeah it's a fucking really good answer that's what happens when you come to me for questions i'll just fucking spit you fire but he was a completely useless selection um complete waste of time having on the bench hasn't done anything at super rugby level but you have to cap him just like they did with all these poor poor little boys in the a a tournament they needed to cap them to trap them and now it's uh, sooner mr vunavalu's trapped (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah, he won't be going anywhere. But he's a, he's a dude who you can only start, and you can only he can only take Marika's wing because you need two kicking back three. Um, and yeah, so now he's trapped. But yes, well identified, complete waste of fucking time. I thought the same thing to myself when he was selected. That's a great question. I'm not sure what this one means. Has Jed seen the clown that hides from gay people? What? Has Jed seen the clown that hides from gay people? Gate or gay? Gay. No. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> I think we got the desired answer there. So you haven't seen the clown that hides from gay people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucking stupid. And homophobic. Well done. You're, you've yeah. ticked to, to, that was fucking dumb really that was a dumb, dumb question dumb question I shouldn't have asked it sorry sorry to all our loyal LGBTQ plus yeah. listeners uh, we're big fans of all you guys um, Central Coast is closer to Castle Hill than TG so how is that a bad thing for those lads is it I, I don't know what that means oh I was, I was just saying TG we've got a couple of guys from the coast they're going to travel. I, I, I don't, I don't, is it close? Let me, I mean, fuck, I don't know. It depends which way you go. You might shave off 10 minutes. My point is that the, like, the the demographic demographic of Eastwood, according to Eastwood, is that area, set like um, Castle Hill, et cetera. But if you look at the demographic of our team, most of our players, they're from the absolute scattergun of Sydney. So Castle Hill is really on the extreme of one of those sides. Whereas they're going to build a stadium, big 30,000, you know, heaps of pokies and stuff. I'm sure that's all. They'd want to get going. Fucking earth. Okay. Interesting question. All right. This is the last one from our audience. And then we've got a few more from you. And then I'm going to have to go because my iPad's about to die. Oh, this is a good one. Thoughts on Stan Sports commentary team. Best commentary I've heard in years. 
really enjoying their insights. I'm actually I gotta apologize to a number of people because I was very I was fucking very down on Saturday night, but I didn't get back to I had at least 10 messages relating to Sonny Bill. Um, other people asking what the fuck's going on, you're missing content. And I was missing content, so I've let the whole team down. I love Stan. I think Stan as a whole is fantastic. Once you break Stan down, their commentary is fucking awful. Um, let's not, there's no two ways about that. Like, are you talking about the top end or like our end? I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I'll be fucking honest. I do not listen to Stan commentary shit show. Yeah, I can't, I don't do it. Now, that's not because I've had a bad experience necessarily. I just don't do it. I don't want to listen to it. I just want to watch in silence and be sad. Now, when we get to the test level, I don't have a choice. I have to listen to it. Um, And it's mostly them trying to figure out how to get Sonny Bill involved in the commentary to get their bucks worth out of him. And he just talks in circles. He needs to be inspected for all sorts of CTE-related stuff. And... They do a great job, Stan. Oh, stop using that fucking camera that goes over the field. You can't see anything, and I hate it. And no one likes it. Stop doing it. It's the worst camera angle of all time, where they've clearly spent like a couple of million dollars to get fucking that thing come over like a cricket game. But you can't see anything. So every time they go onto it, they go onto 10 seconds, and you're going, what the fuck is happening in this 10 seconds? Because at the moment, I've got a view of the number eight's ass from a scrum. And the ball's been thrown, and I'm still looking at it. So sidetrack, still love Stan. But that is the worst camera angle of all time. And they need to try and sell that back to whoever they bought it from. Because it's fucking awful, awful, awful. Yeah, shout out to the good people at Stan. Um, Obviously, you know, we'll both commentate games for you as long as we can do it together. Because I reckon that would be fun. Just getting lit. You're obviously smoking a few bongs. And, you know, maybe some couple of joints as well. And I'll, I'll, I might have some whiskey. I've discovered a love of whiskey. Who would have thought? Getting mature in my old age. You are fucking you know? very old. I am old. 34. 35. <laughs> 35 next year. Holy fuck. I went for a run yesterday. Yeah, I did, I've been doing cardio as well. It's not very good. Fucked. It was more like a fucking just faster than a slow walk. It's fucking you know, shit. The, the shit. biggest inconvenience of all, I dropped my AirPods on the walk, on the run, so I had to go back and get them. And I'm gone. My, like, the container thing. Oh, container. Fuck! So I ended up running, like, 4K. It's very slow, you know, but at least I did it. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, you feel good. I'd, I don't... I'm fucked today. I'm absolutely fucked today. Well, I was, I was trying to figure out just before when we were talking why my knee hurt so bad. And then I was like, ah, oh, that's because you tried to control. Poor nutrition and lifestyle choices. Yeah, that's exactly what I came up with. No, I was like, because you tried to move. Um, now, congratulations to everyone who managed to annoy me. Um, but you missed a few absolute howlers. Um, <laughs> sometimes these notes, I've got to really think hard to figure out what the fuck they mean. I don't, so I've just got a note here that just says blood money. I don't know what that means. Oh, wrote, is that, are you talking about Blood Diamond, the movie that you really like? I actually think it has something to do with that. Um, yeah. Oh, it does have something to do with that. You've you've bought a wedding ring 
or an engagement ring? Or did you just yeah. give her a cheese cheese? No, I bought a blood diamond. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking, right? Like, I don't why know why I, I was... spend more why am I gonna spend more money, you know? Well, no, why like <laughs> how did this note come in here? This is a fucking way my brain works, but Imagine get you get like you spend fucking nine times as much to get this tiny little fucking diamond, and then like you show it and you're like, yeah, but it was ethically sourced from a rhino's anus instead of being they a blood. Whoever they ends don't up, give a fuck. No, yeah, I don't. I could not give two shit. Whoever fucking gets stuck getting married to me will get the fucking biggest blood diamond ever produced. It might still have blood on it when it appears, and then you wipe the blood away. But I was—I don't know how that came up. There must have been an ad for ethically sourced fucking tiny, tiny speck diamonds. But that will not be going on any ring worn. Amazing movie, by the way. If anyone hasn't seen it, Danny Archer as the blood—the man who smuggles the diamond—fantastic. You'll be happy to know. In other news, these are just things that annoy me. That um, Quidditch and the Quidditch Corporation in. I think it's England has been renamed to Quadball to um, differentiate themselves from JK Rowling, who of course was hammered for her transphobic view that only women have periods. So, oh my God. So the Quidditch, the Quidditch, the Quidditch Corporation has been renamed to Quadball. Um, they've separated themselves from the pack and I don't know whether you, have you seen a game of quad ball in real life? No, I have, and it's fucking shit. I went McQuad University. They used to have uh, quad ball games, as I call them now, because we're also we stand firm. We think men and women should both have periods. Um, but what about the quadriplegics being upset about that? Well, I don't know. That you <laughs> maybe they'll be. How do you how do you walk through life and not upset someone? I don't know, man. You think, well, J.K. Rowling has become this big, like, conservative person when really all she said, you know, something was like, yeah, women have periods. And now she's like the demon. Anyway, so a game of quad ball, if you do run into it in real life, very shit. Um, People do run around with brims between their legs. Um, It's pretty much how you've seen it portrayed in movies. It's it's really, really awful. So... Yeah, without the flying. I mean, like, in... uh, Like, the intern where they try and chase just pay. It's really, really crap. So shout out to the fucking absolute losers that decide to change the name. And also all the losers who joined that sport prior to the name change. Cause you guys are fucking losers. Like let's, let's be honest. Anything I do this week, as low as I get, I will not be a fucking quad ball player from England. You guys suck. Um, Why can't you just disagree with her? Like I disagree with you but you have to change the name of her. Like, it's Quidditch. It's fucking Quidditch. I mean, how she came up with that, brilliant. She must have been smoking one of your vapes. Um, yeah, the mag- maybe the magic mushroom, um, you know, ecstasy vape, you know, that we're working on. But, like, genius. Absolute genius. Why can't you just disagree with her? Why do you have it's to fucking... It's a game played by fucking 12-year-old wizards in a book. But I disagree with some stuff you do. Like... You know, obviously, all the racist stuff, oh. I'm not really on board with, but like we're still friends. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking, you got it. You should have friends you disagree with on things. If you don't, then they suck. Anyway, stop fucking making this a life lesson 
I'm trying to talk about quad ball. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Fuck it's weird. Like, I just got to, if you've listened this far, I've just got to apologize. It's fucking weird doing a podcast from your car. Um, you know, we'll be back in our game. I'm going to Cow- Condo. I was going to go to Cowra next week, which I'm sure would have excited the fuck out of you. But I'm going to Condoblin for a couple of days, then back to Sydney, then back to Newcastle. So it's, you know, I should have been more organized, but. Don't worry about it. Just sit back and relax. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting back and relaxing. Now, we're at 5% battery. Um, right, I will. Let is... me fucking get through my next two things yes, that fucking sorry. annoyed me. Because you're this about to be show. number three on that fucking list show. if you keep talking. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. I was watching prison rugby. The last four minutes of prison rugby, New South Wales needed to score. They didn't fucking pass the ball. Now, rugby, prison I rugby. Enjoyed I enjoyed that game. So did I. But they're chasing the game. They need to score a try. They don't pass. So you've got some dude taking a hit up on tackle four. What the fuck do you think is going to happen, prison rugby fans? So this is where I'm like, if you had a tiny bit of skill and that winger could pass on first phase to the middle and maybe he could do something, who knows what could have happened in the game? But I was, I left that game fucking infuriated because with the game on the line, it seems like, they just do not have the skill to pass left and right or make anything happen. Like they have to, surely they have to train to actually win a game. I don't know. I was no, I so agree. pissed off. I really enjoyed that game. The first five minutes where they just fucking knocking each other out. Holy fuck, it was fun to watch. Yeah, it was fun to watch. Now I've got a surprise pick of the week from me is Hong Kong are playing Tonga in the Rugby World Cup qualifier on the Gold Coast. I am throwing my unequivocal support behind Hong Kong. Um, Absolutely. Firstly, well, as, as you know, you're with a Hong Kong native on the program. I am uh, with a Hong out. Kong native. I believe yeah. you were there for diplomatic reasons at birth. But well, My brother and dad both played in the front row for Hong Kong. Um, We've obviously got a, a, a good mate playing in the centres. Here's the thing. Kong. They're playing Tonga. Tonga should win. I just win. had a look at the team. I just had a look at the team. It's a good team. The, the yeah, Tonga team. Some of their players are, were good. And they now suck. Israel Folau could play on the wing in the shoot shield and no one would fucking know if he had a different name. He's 30 fucking five years old. He's played five games in two years. Hong Kong, dig deep and win this game. I would love to see Hong Kong. In fact, I'll make myself available to be manager or water runner or fucking shit kicker, caffeine disperser for Hong Kong should they make the World Cup. Get behind Hong Kong and put plenty of money down on them to win. Um, They're a smoky. Oh, I think rugby's been tough over there the last couple of years with the C word uh, floating around. Communism. Yeah, so they haven't played a foot. Yeah, yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> Fuck, you could do a whole episode and some of the things that the uh, government's done over there. Um, but you know, maybe another time. I'm not sure. We've had a lot of um, you know transsexual today, so probably shouldn't get too political. But they haven't played a lot of footy for the last couple of years, and. Uh, I hope they go well, mate. I hope they go well. That'd be a great story. Chile making the World Cup, you know. Yeah, that was awesome. Exciting. Chile. It'd be very exciting to have some small nations there. Yeah, so it's going to be good. I mean, 
it's going to be good for anyone putting on same game multis when fucking Australia play Chile, you just load up because they're going to lose by 100, like the old days, the good old days of Rugby World Cup, Australia versus Namibia. Um, we really want some punter teams in there because you can just absolutely blow your betting out. Um, but you know what? I had a note in here that said old Wallabies versus new Wallabies. And I think that's talking about how much, in my opinion, how much harder it is to become a Wallaby in the modern era than the old era and whether you need to adjust. We should adjust expectations thusly. But I think well, that's... 100%. Before they used to have two teams, now there's five teams. Uh, so no, I'm, cream... talking, I'm talking about when it was just shoot shield and whoever the fuck's coach was coaching at the time just picked them. No, but there was still a New South Wales and a Queensland. Yeah, but it didn't mean that, like, if you weren't playing, like, Phil Kearns for Randwick, second grade, you yeah. can just be picked in the Wallabies. I know guys that have got picked out of New South Wales country for the Wallabies, so yeah. Imagine how random Imagine how random life would have been back then. Exciting in a way, but random. Just going, you know, like you could have a decent game for Hunter this weekend and be in the Wallabies next week. Well, like Steve Merrick. Have, have you ever met Steve Merrick? I know, no, I know the story. Legend. Um, had a wild night out with him in Bathurst once. Don't doubt it. Um, but yeah, like that, got picked straight from, I think he, he played New South Wales country versus someone. And then the following week he was playing for Australia. Yeah. Like there, there was a period where like, depending on whose coach was in the, in the Wallabies, like there's so many guys got capped in the eighties. And like, I don't know, it just would have brought, it would have brought a whole new level of randomness to the world. It really would have. If there was social media back then, can you imagine like, out the fucking out, it would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, who the fuck is that? Playing nine or eight or seven for the Wallabies. Um, so I don't know why I wrote that note, but I just think it. I just think it's worth. It, 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 if you could get picked from the Wallabies at any point now, I think it would actually make the shoot shield better because everyone, everyone would play extremely hard. Maybe they should have. Some remember life- when Rod Moore made it. Remember when Rod Moore from Eastwood made it? I, I specifically remember you played Eastwood versus Union Shoot Shield final. This was 99 World Cup. Then he got called into the World Cup. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, well, he was in both those sides. So that makes sense. But I, I really liked, I liked, I can't remember what year it was, where they, they used to just take a Smokey on the spring tour. And the, most of the time, the Smokey was going to get signed the next year or had just signed, but they pretty much... Like Gitto, Leroy Houston, those kind of guys. Yeah, but like Nick Phipps was a Smokey. I know he played sevens, but he was he hadn't played fucking first grade. He, he, he went on the spring tour. Like, I really liked when they were doing that. I thought that was great. So, like, obviously, they've got to be good enough, but it, it'd be good to incentivize something where it's just like you're a lottery pick. It's like when you buy picking the lotto, man. But if you play well enough, you never know. You might end up in a bar bars game. Like, who knows? Just fucking play hard. I really like that. Um, for St. Patrick, I've got a question for you. Do you really think that New Zealand should, uh, that Australia Super Rugby team should leave New Zealand for the TV rights? You've seen the articles that they've been writing about how Australia is just going to go off and start its own competition, you know, and leave, leave Kiwis to their own devices. I think Kiwis. I think Kiwis will give. Couldn't give a fuck in the world because they could. They could just play minor ten, and or they play what they do now for two rounds like they did in COVID and fucking pack houses. Will we pack houses? I don't think that's no, an no. issue. I but think the it's TV, TV wise, 
Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. They're not going to like people. You, no, I don't think that's going to work well. I think it's going to take. A, I don't know the financial. I need. I need someone at Rugby Australia finally let me in on the financial so I can help you make some decisions. But I don't. I can't see that working well for anyone. No, I, I agree. I look. You only have to look back at last week's test matches to go. The real thing that rugby has over nearly every other game, but maybe soccer, is that it's a truly international game. Um, all the great test matches going on. It's a big event. Like rugby league, no matter what they say, can never compete with that. I don't know. You got um, you got soccer, so rugby soccer, union, yeah. and quad ball, and they're the three right. sports in the world <laughs> that are played internationally. No, you're right though. So if you take Super Rugby Australia and put it as Super Rugby Australia. And you're effectively competing with the NRL, yeah. Good look, really fucking good look. No, it'll, get... it'll never work. And part of part of rugby is that it's a it's a game that's truly played all over the world. And you know, how good is it seeing the Waratahs play the Drua? Yeah, I just fucking, think it's great. You know, adds a bit of excitement. It's a bit of culture and something to aspire to for young kids who want to see the world and don't just want to go to Penrith or Townsville or you know Campbelltown. Town or fucking Blacktown and Leichhardt Oval, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're really Melbourne clutching it. You're clutching at straws in some of the. We're places. going on a weight trip. We're going to Penrith this weekend, guys. Yeah, oh. well, no, I think look, I think it's an awful idea. But if you put it on, if you try and put it on par with, um, like the NRL and run simultaneously to the NRL and have nothing that distinguishes it, which is your key point there, then you're in big fucking trouble because you got less money, you got less teams, you got less supporters. What are you what are you trying to do here? I agree. I also think what do we have here? 25 million people. New yeah. Zealand's got four, maybe three. Yeah, but three point nine of them, unless you're in nappies, you're gonna be at the fucking games. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right, should we wrap this up? I'm not sure this is our best episode. Not a bad episode, all things considered. Well you can't I don't I think there was some yeah. good. I think there was important things said in this episode. You can't. I can't. I can't just be erupting every week because there's not enough to fucking yell about. Oh, there's plenty to yell about. Um, go see what is a woman, guys. Um, particularly, we don't have to see it, but it's it's concerning. It's just a good insight into some of the world that we live in at the moment. Um, good luck to Eastwood this weekend. Good luck to the Hunter Wildfires this weekend. 100%. Um, the sun's shining up here. Um, boys have a really good opportunity and um, having a great time, mate. So, I don't know. We'll be in touch. We're going to try and get more regular with the podcast. But the thing is, is that Jed has a real job and he coaches three fucking two teams. I'm not got a real job, but I'm all over the place at the moment. So, we're just trying to find a time to align our schedules and it's just going to change week to week. So, um, thanks everyone for listening. We fucking love you guys. Hundred percent, big fan of. Please, big fan. Please, please share. You know what? We haven't brought up this episode. What a wonderful fucking place Cowra is, <laughs> and um, you know, so I just wanted to make sure we get that in there as tourist ambassadors for Cowra. Um, we look forward to our contracts coming in the mail, guys. But as tourism ambassadors for Cowra, we've just contractually obligated to say that it's a wonderful place. And uh, we both look forward to moving there in our later years. 100%. I'm going to settle down there in a couple of years with my Russian mail order bride and play lower grades. Why not, man? Great ground, great people. Uh, you know, I'm going to do, I'm gonna do your thing. Like, subscribe, share. Please uh, 
please please subscribe uh, to the YouTube and the Spotify if you're listening at the moment. Uh, tell a friend. We, we, oh, he, he died. He, he fucking died.